0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to ADHD is Over, our podcast on, you guessed it, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity. I hate to say the word disorder, but that it's what it's currently still called. And just so you know, I don't hate to say the word disorder because I don't believe there are disorders, right? When something is not in order, of course, that exists, but it's all about the context. Is this thing that so many children are diagnosed with, right? These, these behavioral symptoms, as we call them, symptoms for a disorder. Is it really a disorder? Is there stuff that's not in order? And of course we could say, yes, uh, there are some people, children, adults, many of them, millions around the world that seem to have these symptoms of inattention or hyperactivity, uh, you know, problems with focusing and following orders and being too impulsive and so forth, right? Yes, it could seem disordered for someone to live a life uh, being run by these behaviors. But the reason why we say disorder is not a great word to use is because the majority of the people... And the reason why I stress people is because I'm talking about young people, the majority of the people diagnosed with ADHD who are essentially affected by being labeled are children. And you know, for you and I, if you're an adult listening, I'm 51, so for me, it's easy to uh, to, to sort of reason with my own mind or with others when it comes to discussing the word disorder. And it's easier for me to say, oh, I have some things that are not in order and I'm struggling with this or there's some things not at ease. So certain things are called a disease or an addiction or a disorder. It's easier for me to, to reason with that and to actually take action and not so much make it about me that I'm, you know, defect or, or, or not normal or something's broken for children, that doesn't work. Lots of experts out there argue that it does no harm. And I'm here to say, bullshit. There are plenty of studies, plenty of studies, and it does not have to be related to ADHD. But there are plenty of scientific studies, biological studies, genetic studies, many studies that prove that when we tell someone, a human being, that they're less than, that they're broken, that there's something wrong with them or their brain or their body or any of that, it does have a direct effect on their self-confidence. Direct. And especially when they're young, they're very impressionable. They're like sponges. Anything we say to them that is criticizing their being, their doing, their behaviors goes directly through a filter called, I'm not good enough. So while this episode is not about labels, oh, hello, hello, welcome to the podcast. I know this was a long-winded intro here. Um, I want to welcome you if you're taking time and your energy and your focus to be here, you're giving us your attention. I thank you for that. You must be someone who is interested in learning more about ADHD or learning more about how to support your child or perhaps yourself with this uh, so-called disorder. And I highly encourage you, if this is your first podcast or one of many of the first, listen to some of the earlier podcasts that will give you a better frame of reference, first of all, and why we uh, call the episode or, I mean, the uh, podcast or the movement ADHD is Over but also why my family and I embarked on this journey, and why I'm so adamant that we need to, that we we need to reevaluate what we call this, how we treat children, and the entire system around it, because it's no longer working. Let's face it. Come on, it's not working. There's so many children being diagnosed with this so-called disorder like daily. There's so many struggling with, you know. Prescribed drug addiction, self confidence issues, still academic issues, even though they've taken meds or now they're off. There's just so much out of whack that I believe it's time to reevaluate everything. So today's episode is called Why Defend ADHD? What do I mean by that? Well, When we defend something, right, we believe that we or the opinion we're defending is right. Meaning it should exist or it should be respected or, you know, some form of that. So when I say why defend ADHD, what I'm talking about is, you know, I've encountered by now, I don't know if it's thousands, but at least hundreds of people who defend Having a so-called disorder, who defend for it to be real, who defend for it to be genetic, who defend that it's for life, who defend that it's a handicap, the disorder. Some even call it a brain disease. Who who defend that it's due to a uh, neurochemical imbalance. Who defend to say pharma has nothing to do with the uh, diagnoses and ADHD, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> diagnoses. Uh, 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 I should say, you know, for kids to get tested and diagnosed and labeled that that those numbers are going up daily. People who defend these things. And I've always wondered how come they defend it like their life depends on it. I've talked to people who've literally lost their shit. Excuse my French. Well, it's not French. It's a cuss word in English. But I've talked to people or communicated online in Facebook groups or in, you know, blogs and so forth, like on YouTube comments and so forth, like people who are so bent out of shape, who are not willing to at all listen to an alternative point of view. And I've always wondered, why is that? And I think I figured it out, or at least part of me doing this episode is also me still kind of figuring it out and coming to a conclusion as I'm what I call download this episode or, you know, sort of stream it from the universal intelligence, because there's been many before me, there's many souls who've passed on into the higher realms that were uh, labeled and diagnosed and perhaps had issues in life with ADHD. And I feel, this may sound spooky, but I feel like a lot of them are actually channeling their intelligence down to me. And I'm just a vessel here. I'm not The inventor of the things I say. I'm not an expert uh, scientist or psychologist. I'm a parent committed to really digging deep and deeper than the common sort of mainstream narrative. That's all. I know the mainstream narrative, you know. It's always funny when mainstream narrative believers say to me, like, well, you're telling me that the mainstream narrative is wrong, but then your side is wrong too. And I said, well, have you listened to the alternative side long enough? Cause I've listened to both sides for seven years. And I do feel I have a pretty good understanding on both sides, you know, where they're coming from and what they're defending. And here it is in a nutshell, in essence people defending ADHD as a quote-unquote real disorder. And we're going to get into more what real means. And some of you who've listened to earlier episodes have heard me talk about, like, does it exist? Is it real? And really breaking those words down. So even if you have a judgment against what I just said for now, just hang with me here for a moment if you're open-minded. So people who defend ADHD as a real thing, what they're defending is an entire system an entire business and they're not quite aware of that. They think what they're doing is just defending that they have some issues in life that they've been told is due to ADHD. And now knowing that that's what the experts told them it is, that's why they have issues in life, that's why they can't be fully like, you know, fulfilled and functioning like what they call a normal human being in life. You know, they now go, oh good. That's what it is. Now, they think that's all they're defending. You know, when I say to people, it's not real, they go, F you. You know, I have it. My struggles are real. And I always say, and you've heard me say this before, yes, your struggles are real. Any any struggles that any human being has that's real to them, it's real. But the disorder label ADHD is made up. And I could do an, uh, an entire episode, and I have before. They're always slightly different. But what does it mean that it's made up? Well, humans label everything, so we've made it up. ADHD is not a thing. It's not a medical condition. It's not a, an actual thing. You can't put you can't put your finger on it. You know, when you have a tumor and you cut it out, you can put your finger on the tumor, and there's the tumor. It exists. That is not to say that certain. Medical psychological conditions aren't are, are only real if we can touch them, but at least there's medical tests, there's blood tests, there's biological tests that actually really point to something. There's none of that for ADHD. We've tried to pretend that there are things. I think the closest we've gotten to is uh, what Dr. Amen and the Amen Clinic is doing, which is. Uh, you know, have brain scans, right? Trace little uh, uh, small uh, uh, amounts of, um, um, I can't think this morning, sorry guys, uh, uh, small amounts of, of, of a substance that's injected into a person's bloodstream. And they are uh, radioactive substances in supposedly such small doses that they do, they do not do harm is what's being said. There are studies that, of course, uh, say the opposite, but let's just roll with it. So these tracers, as they call them, you know, they will trace, um, you know, the fun- you'll be able to trace and see the function of the brain of a so-called ADHD child and a non-ADHD child, right? So we've tried to come close to it. The problem with that is it's kind of like taking a snapshot of a brain at a certain moment and comparing it to a snapshot of another brain at a certain moment. And it's just not apples to apples. So we don't have anything medical that's a golden standard that's been approved for, for, for you know to be called a medical test for ADHD. So it, it is not a thing. It is a cluster of symptoms that we've labeled as a disorder in the DSM. And that label, that name was created by eight, I think it was eight or nine people in a room over a, a series of weeks or months, right? So you have to kind of look at the reality of that. You you know, you can't just deny that and say, you you don't know what you're talking about. It's real. I have it. No, I get it. You have the symptoms. Well, I would even argue and say it's not a symptom. You have the behaviors that we labeled as symptoms to then bunch up and call them a disorder. Yes. You may have those symptoms. I mean, sorry, those behaviors. Let me just stick to my language. You may have those behaviors. Yes. Those behaviors may make it very challenging for you in life to function. And we'd have to break that further down in like, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? Who are you with? How well are you taking care of your mental health, your physical health, right? We can't just say, oh, well, I have these behaviors and life doesn't work. Got it but it might not be due to the behaviors that your life doesn't work. It might be due to the fact that you're in an environment that's not working for you, the way you're currently wired or built as a human being. So all these, all these rabbit holes have so many nuances. And so when I hear people defend ADHD with a simple phrase... And I forget who it was, but recently I came across a YouTube video. It was a young gentleman in Wales who has a quite of a, a big following on YouTube who talks about managing ADHD. And right off the bat, uh, like so many videos, start out by saying lots of people say ADHD is not real. That sounds more Australian, but, you know, go with me. Um, they don't know what they're talking about because it is real. And I'm living proof because I have it and it's real. Well, that is absolutely not, first of all, living proof. That is also absolutely not an argument to say that just because I have it, it is real. Or because other people have it, it is real. I'd like to definitely disagree and say you got to dig much deeper than that. We have to dig much deeper. We can no longer just take these slogans, these, these phrases that are our mainstream media, and I don't, I don't even want to say mainstream media, but just our media, our advertising, our pharmaceuticals, medical, doctors, families, parents, schools, we've all kind of adopted it, adopted it, you know, like, like, uh, you know, the, the, the metaphor of the, the frog in the boiling water, we're all in the fucking boiling water and it's getting hotter and we don't realize that it's, Eventually, going to kill us or kill our children, even more so than today. I mean, there's many kids, many kids that are suffering from side effects of these stimulant drugs, and they may not be physically suffering. Although, oh my God, I've seen my sh- my fair share of comments uh, on Facebook in these ADHD support groups of children as old as as young as five years old on four medications dealing with. L- loss of appetite hairs falling out they can't sleep they're irritated they're angrier than they were before and so forth I mean all that's going to get worse if we stay in the boiling water and the boiling water is simply the context of these antiquated phrases and how we think about, around ADHD and I, I'm so surprised that so many bright uh, uh, men and women still today online in uh, like I said on their YouTube channels or, uh, wherever they, they, they preach their message, and I preach mine here, we all are preaching, right, of course, but they are simply so not open to have a discussion to break it down at this level. They will come back with scientific studies that say it's genetic, that it's uh, that's a chemical imbalance, and so forth, and all these studies have counter-studies to say the opposite, and it's not whether one is right or the other is wrong. The problem is that the defenders of ADHD that believe it's a true disorder have tried to put a lid on the debate. They've tried to create a consensus to say the discussion's over, here's the facts. And whenever someone says that in science, especially in in medicine, it's a red flag, folks, it's a big stinky red flag usually comes from sort of an ec- a- academic snobbish, as I call it, and an ignorance, a- a- an unwillingness to open back up the conversation and to dig deeper because their whole life's work is at stake. Someone's reputation is at stake if they're going to have to admit that, oh, shoot, maybe for 40 years, I have been overdiagnosing children because now there's new scientific studies that are digging deeper. And maybe the studies that I've, you know, I was uh, uh, enrolled to believe in, in my 40 years of practice, some of those were outdated. Some of those were uh, cherry picked by special interest groups where there was a lot of money at stake and so forth, right? I mean, I I get it. Your reputation would be at stake. I get it. So where do we go from here? Let me circle back to, you know, if you're going to defend ADHD, I would just ask a simple question, what are you defending and why? Because it's very simple. There is no need to defend ADHD and here's why. Now I know that if you're a parent and you have a child that got diagnosed and is at a school and needs, uh, uh you know, special ed, um, support and so forth. I could see how you might fight for it. I will still argue with that and to say if there's tension, your child is probably at the wrong school. I would even assume that your child is probably at a school that you think is right for them. And children are always trying to tell us something when they're struggling at school. And if we think, Oh, it's because they have the thing called ADHD. That's why they're struggling. We're not looking deep enough. We're just not. And I know that a lot of us parents, I have two children. A lot of us parents have this pervasive fear and it's there daily that our children will not turn out. They will not have a good career, not have a good life, not make money, not be happy, not have friends and so forth because they're behind at school, because they're not doing well at school. Literally, that usually ends up being the number one reason that triggers parents. If a child is doing great at school, most parents are not triggered. That fear only comes up when bad grades show up or uh, perhaps the, the, the teenager gets into drugs or, you know, there's other issues, but school is number one. Now, if that's number one, wouldn't it make a lot of sense to really make sure our children are at the right school for them to thrive? Now this is a side note, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That if you're a parent saying, "Well, it's easy for you to say, you know, I, I shouldn't defend ADHD, but I have to because at my school and we need we need this IED, we need uh, we need the plan, and you know, sorry, IEP, we need we need we need that in place, and we, you know, we're struggling. Yeah, I get it. All I'm saying is, look into it further to see if really your child is at the school that is right for him or her or your child is at the right school that you think will lead him or her to the next best school, to the next best college, to the next best PhD, to the next best job, right? Just got to keep that in mind. Anyway, so what what is lost if we stopped defending ADHD? And by defending again, what I mean is if someone else says, What if it's not a disorder? What if it's behaviors that can be addressed through counseling, through trauma healing, or simply by changing the environment, right? I'm not saying everything is triggered by trauma. I used to think so. The more research we've done, it's like, look, for some kids, it's traumatic events in their childhood. For others, it's how they're wired. You know, they're more of a thrill seeker than someone else, or they're more extroverted or introverted. And of course, any of those character traits can still be traced back to childhood events. But, you know, we'll never know the the exact truth around any of that unless the creator of the universe or of human life explains it to us, gives us the lowdown, the blueprints. But what I do know for a fact myself is that if you take a human being that's struggling in an environment, out of that environment, and put it in an environment that's better for them, they will do better. The environment is the most impactful thing we know about from research. But interestingly enough, the pro-ADHD, the defenders of ADHD, always throw it in kind of like a, a sub-idea. Like, yeah, there's, you know, you got to, you know... There's genetic and neurochemical and the brain and this and that and, you know, therapy and yes. And of course, you know, some environment. Well, that's a huge miss because the environment is everything. And I mean that literally. What is the environment? Well, it's everything. It's the air you breathe. It's the city you live in, the food you eat, the school you go to, the people you hang out with, the parenting you receive, the spiritual ideas you have received while growing. It's everything is environment. So environment is the most affecting or the most effectful. Is that a word? The most impactful influence in a child's life, in a human's life. So if that's true, then we ought to dig deeper. And before we actually slap a label on someone and say, you have a disorder, my friend, we ought to look at everything in the environment. Is it optimal for that human being? Because look, the norm, you know, the little boxes we put kids in at school or even adults at work or in our society, right? We love boxes. We like to put people in boxes, which is by the way, why the whole gender identity uh, thing is blowing up because people are tired of being put in boxes. Now, I think they're going a little too far, but it's a separate issue, you know, because if I want to identify today as a woman, I could, but that's ridiculous, but I could, I guess that's good, but still it's ridiculous. Um, I'm not downplaying anyone's gender identity, you know, go for it, name yourself, label yourself, whatever you, if it floats your boat, if you're fulfilled, great. If you're not fulfilled, look, you know, the truth and you know why you're doing it. So same thing. You know why you're defending your gender identity. You know why you're defending ADHD. Look, we got to be straight with ourselves. Right. But so let's go back. So like, you know, if we identify ourselves or children with ADHD and we're not, taking them out of the environment to give them a better and more optimal environment, then look, you can still, you can medicate your child and label label your child with ADHD and call them an ADHD or and join online support groups that that are all rallied up about, yay, we are ADHD parents and we have ADHDers and they're beautiful and they have superpowers. You can do that. No judgment here. All I'm offering is another way to look at this because it will become your child's identity. And I believe personally, it is not fair to lay an identity onto a child before having tried everything else. And I know it's not always easy. You know, some of you may say, well, we don't have money for private school, but we can't move to another town. Well, we don't have more money to buy uh, uh, healthier food. Well, we don't, you know, we don't have money or we don't have activities in our town. Like, look, all I'm here to say is, Where there's a will, there's a way. And yes, it's not going to be easy. You know, you've been given a child with ADHD. Basically there's a life lesson there. There's something to transform. I mean, it's, it's a child with ADHD that's in front of, in front of you, that's born into your family. It's there. It's your responsibility. It's there for a reason. Now we could say, well, it's just there because I wanted a child and it's just there, right? That would be a very one-sided life. Or we could say, wow, my child is here. And not only is my child challenging me to deal with my impatience, with my triggers, I need to transform myself, how I am, you know, how I eat, how I exercise, how I am as a human being, how I relate to my husband or wife. All these things, you know, if, when considered, all these areas of life, when considered to look at by you the parent you will have huge breakthroughs i guarantee you i'm i'm in the middle of it i can see it our son has flipped everything everything up every single area of our life upside down our marriage you know how we eat where we live the activities we do the stuff we watch video games versus you know television versus nature, all these things we're currently analyzing because of him. What I'm saying here, there's a huge opportunity. If you have a child with ADHD, there's a massive opportunity for you to grab a whiteboard and to say, we're going to write down everything that is the environment of our family. Right? It's the same for every family, but your environment, your details of your environment are different. What area you, you live in, what school you go to right? How many members in your family? Do you go to church? What do you eat? And so forth. You want to write all that down on a whiteboard. And then you will have your environment in front of you. And then you can sort of check off one at a time and say, is this optimal for our child? And then you got to do some testing, right? You may not know what foods are optimal right away. You may have to try some things and there will be some hidden misses and some allergies and food he likes and doesn't like, and foods are good for him. Some that he don't, doesn't want to eat, but they're good for him. Some he wants to eat, but they're not good. You just got to try it out. That's called parenting, right? Trial and error. And the same in every area. And parents have to be honest with themselves. Are they good parents? Are they present? Are they loving? Do they have empathy? Or are they authoritarian? Do they yell? Are they, do they get triggered? You know, do they say, this is just the way it is? Where's their parenting coming from, right? I often ask parents, where did you learn your parenting? They look at me like, what? Exactly. We don't learn parenting normally unless you're taking a parenting course. We just sort of take it over from our parents. And we think, oh, I'm going to do it differently than my parents did. Okay, that's still probably not going to be that conscious or that evolved because that's just sort of a a revolt against their parenting. And then we'll just create our own version of it, but not informed really by today science and you know insights into parenting that we have available to us. So parenting has to be looked at. Then are mom and dad happily married. What does that mean, happily married? Really? What does it mean? Are they intimate? I don't mean sexually, but are they connected? Do they trust each other or do they have secrets? I can relate to that. I had secrets from my wife. Well that didn't go well. That marriage almost blew up four months ago. But I'm cleaning that up because all of that directly, directly transfers to our children from day one. And by day one, I mean, even in, in the womb, you know, I don't know the exact science of what day and what week it starts, but in the womb, there's more on this from Gabor Mate, um, who's also on our show, uh, episode called the root cause of ADHD. Check that out. Brilliant episode. Love Gabor Mate. Um, you know it starts in the from conception in the womb it starts you know the influence of the environment starts the stress you know the mother is stressed maybe because the husband lost his job or the mother's stressed because she's still working right that starts imprinting the nervous system of the little uh little nugget in the belly right it starts there the environment starts there now when you hear all this and you hear experts say like, oh no, well, your son has ADHD, it's a disorder, and he acts this way because he has this thing, you ought to say, wait a minute, he doesn't have ADHD because he has ADHD because that was made up. He has some behaviors, and I'd like to know where those behaviors are coming from. And then if they say, well, it's genetic, which is, by the way, not true. There's many scientific studies. You can listen to our episode um, with Bruce Lipton. There is no ADHD gene. Um, brilliant episode, love Bruce Lipton as well, amazing man. All of these things are neurochemical imbalance. Listen to our podcasts with Robert Whitaker from Madden America. There are studies, or I should say there's a lack of studies proving that, a clear lack of studies, but it's become a slogan. Um, so when you, when you hear that, you got to dig deeper and say, well, yes, but I want to find out, and here's the thing, it's not for the psychologist or the psychiatrist to find out where that's coming from? They can. And in the words of also one of my favorite guests, Dr. Marilyn Wedge, who told us that most of the time when when a family comes to therapy because they think their child has ADHD, she said that that therapy ends up becoming marriage therapy. Why is that? Well, it's because as as a therapist... Doctors like Marilyn Wedge have to dig deeper into the history, into the environment of the family around the child. And that's because they're not defenders of ADHD. These are therapists that believe there's more than meets the eye when it comes to ADHD. And so when we dig deeper, when we go and look, what's the environment like? And I'm here to tell you guys, I know this is a bit ranty today, but I'm here to tell you that I've spoken to like... Countless families, whether it's the children that are now adults, um, whether it's adults themselves with ADHD, it never fails that when I ask them questions about their childhood, that there are usually one or more events, and when the shoe drops or the coin drops—I forget what the what the analogy is—the so light bulb goes off—is when they go, "Oh, that's right." Um, I My mom did have a rough birth. I was just talking to one of our cousins who was visiting. He's now 21 and he was diagnosed with ADHD and his parents uh, chose not to give him medication back then. And he told me, he said, after we talked about, like I said, what was your childhood like? What was your environment like? Was there any trauma, traumatic events? You know, I hate to say trauma because people go, oh no, no, nobody got raped. or Nobody got, you know, there's not a, it isn't always, Bad traumas. It's not only bad traumas, bad meaning these things that we all find taboo or don't want to talk about. It's as simple, like I said, as a stressed mother during a pregnancy. And right away, the light bulb went off and he said, Oh, well, my birth was very traumatic. He said he was prematurely born. His mother almost died during his birth. And he said everybody in the hospital was stressed to the max. Well, I'll never be able to prove that that was the cause for my cousin's ADHD diagnosis. But I would bet almost everything I own that it is. And that's based on seven years of research that I've done. I've talked, like I said, to countless people. Once that light bulb goes off, they realize they had completely tapped down that experience. Or forgotten. And that's normal. I do that. I, I have stuff in my past that I've forgotten or tapped down. But my point here again, guys, is we have to first look around at home in our environment and provide the optimal environment for our child. And if you have multiple children, it might have to be a compromise, but you will have to customize and tailor tailor as much as you can the environment to your child because every child is different you know I'd be a millionaire if I got like a a dime every time somebody said like well yeah but I mean this kid you know had the same had a divorce at six and, and that kid had a divorce at six and one has ADHD and so you're saying that's the trauma well that's obviously not true well Are we really that dumb? Are we really saying that all kids should be the same or are the same? Because that person is actually saying in that moment, look, all kids are the same. If one had trauma at six and the other one also, and one has ADHD and the other one doesn't, then that proves that, that it's real. No, that has nothing to do with that. Every single human being, like every drop of water, like every blade of grass is different. There are none that are the same. None. Yet we treat our children like they're supposed to be, like the neighbor's child who is the same age, same hair color, goes to the same school, does the same activities, and how come he's getting good grades and you don't? Must be something wrong with you. I mean, the absurdity, and I, I hate to say it, but the ignorance of us adults, of us humans to think that way and to label, you know, I always start with the word to single out a child and then to diagnose them, label them with a disorder because they're not acting like the other child who's acting more quote unquote normal. And I love what uh, Dr. Uh, Thomas um, Armstrong says, also one of our podcast guests. Who says, Show me a normal brain. I'll give you a million dollars. Where is it? Where do you keep it? And what makes it normal? Where's the golden standard to say that one is normal? And he has a good point. Now, of course, you could say, a very sort of academic scientist could say, Well, the reason why it's called normal because it's based on a norm, right? Meaning a certain amount of people, a higher amount of people, uh, act this way, and, and, and if you have the lesser amount of people act that way, then the higher amount of people are normal, right? It's a norm, it's a scientific standard, so I get it. But still, us humans don't go walking around life and we think of these scientific standards. We actually use the word normal like, oh look, that kid's normal, or why can't you be more normal like that kid, or, or act normal, right? Again, it's one of those slogans we've we've sort of come to accept inside the boiling water, right? If we use the, the analogy again of the frog in the boiling water. We just accept it. Oh, normal. We just throw these terms around. Oh, it's genetic. Or, oh yeah, ADHD is real. And it's a myth. People say it's not real. That's bullshit. I'm living proof. I have it. Have what? The behaviors? Okay. So why are you defending a label, four letters, a condition or... Uh, a disorder, you know, why are you even defending to have a disorder? Why are we so, so quick to jump on, on that and say, no, I have it. Well, there's two reasons. One is it gives us identity. You know, we can relate people, people know, oh, if you have ADHD and by the way, they're both closely related because it's really identity and victim. And what that is, is that, you know, if we fail to do things in life, we show up late, we, we don't forget to do the homework, we, you know, whatever, right? We, we cheat on our girlfriend because we couldn't, it's just grass is green on the other side. All these are supposedly, you know, we wreck a car, we do drugs. They're all supposedly lifestyle choices of someone with ADHD. Well, then we can say, well, I have ADHD, you know, it's just, I can't, I can't function 100%. I have ADHD and I need a pill because if not, I'm, yeah, I just have this thing, right? And what it would take for for someone to stop defending ADHD is to actually be responsible. So in other words, it's irresponsible to defend ADHD. It's irresponsible in a sense of, I'm not responsible for my life. I do these things because I have this thing. I have this handicap, right? And yet there's, millions of people out there with ADHD and I have actually, uh, um, uh, John Torrance on, uh, he did a Ted talk on entrepreneurship and ADHD and he found the correlation between the two, meaning that m- most entrepreneurs have what you would call ADHD. Not all of them are, um, actually a lot of them are not diagnosed because they don't believe in it. They're just like entrepreneurs. They do their own thing and they're successful. And so, you know, People are defending it like, oh, well, but without it, I can't be successful. I can't be a fulfilled human being. I can't. Yet there's millions out there proving that, yes, it can be done. Yes, it can be done. So the reason why I wanted to do this episode is just to invite anyone to stop defending ADHD. Because if we defend something that was made up to describe behaviors and we call them symptoms, then we're inviting to close, to shut off, to shut down a debate, to look deeper. And our movement is all about looking deeper. Can we shift our perspective? Meaning, can we look at ADHD differently? Then can we go to work at healing our shit? Because once parents, this is for parents, once parents heal their shit, children will transform. These mental disorders, so-called mental disorders, Are going to start to dissolve anxiety depression all these things you know I hate when parents say it gets me furious I'm just letting you know this is my passion right it's infuriating when a parent says my son has depression and we're going to see a doctor I always ask them why are they depressed and they look at me like well because he has depression well no but why are they depressed I don't know I think they're going to give us a pill so it's going to make the depression go away Again, depression is not a thing. It's not real. Now, this is super triggering to a lot of people. I get it. The behaviors, right, are real. I get it. You you feel down. You feel insecure. You're unmotivated in life. And for some people, it's so heavy and it lasts for months and years. I get it. But depression as a term is made up. It's made up. So we would have to look at that person's life. The childhood, the trauma, we would have to look at: Are they in the right environment? Are they doing what they love doing? Are they, uh, uh, you know, confident in who they are? If not, where is that coming from? Like, there's, there's therapy. There's stuff that can dig all that up and process and heal that. But we so quickly go to, oh, my daughter has ADHD or depression, right? A disorder. Why? Well, first of all. We're, we're all too busy. You know, we've created a way too busy of a life. Look at our society. We're too busy to stop and slow down and actually do what I'm proposing. And my wife and I had to do that. And yes, not everybody can do that right off the bat. You know, I'm now in my 50s. It took me a while to work hard and to move things around to be able to slow down and move to a town that's smaller and have nature around us and work less. It takes time. But I'm here to say where there's a will, there's a way. And some people, you know, I've talked to parents who say like, well, that's good for you. We don't have the money. It's like, okay, create it. What do you mean? Well, first of all, let's look at why you believe you can't create more money. Where's that coming from, right? I'm talking about splitting fucking atoms here. Because if not, we're going to defend this stupid disorder into oblivion because we truly believe that we need a label we need a handicap, and then in turn we need a medication, or some lifelong uh, "sorry, I have a disorder" card to function. That's all bullshit. That's bullshit. If we really, really take on what matters in life, if you strip away all your distractions, and I've I've been doing this recently, no more social media, no more caffeine. No more alcohol, no drugs, no porn for a man. Not for a man, but just for me, just being authentic. I'm stripping all these distractions away. And guess what I'm left with? I have to be with myself and then I have to be with my wife and I have to be with my children and I have to look at everything in life. What do I eat and why am I tired right now? Why am I feeling depressed today? Why did I just get irritated with my son? Why are my wife and I not intimately connected? I have to look at the things that matter. And when we do that, when we look at the things that matter up close, and we don't have the distractions of food and shopping and and, and sex and drugs and alcohol, caffeine, all those things, television, reality shows, social media, everything that distracts us from what really matters... And I want you to really let that sink in. Those are distractions to distract us from what we do not want to look at, aka feel. Those are all just distractions to take us away from feeling. And the same is actually for stimulant medication for children with ADHD. We are reducing their feelings, because impulsivity, being impulsive, feeling an impulse to do something is a feeling. And when we say that's wrong, let me just stuff that down for you with a medication. So you're normal and you sit still. I'm just using this as an example. We are raising a whole generations of people who are no longer going to feel the full spectrum of, of their emotions. And by the way, with stimulant medications, there's studies proving it, 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 it stifles all emotions, not just the bad ones, you know, it's all of them. So when we actually take away all the distractions in life, I'm not suggesting you go cold turkey the way I did, but I wanted to. Um, and, you know, once in a while I have still have maybe a glass of wine or, or, or coffee, although I haven't had that for four months now, but it's not going to be for life. But I needed to experience, who am I without the distractions? What am I not looking at? What am I not willing to feel? And when we do that, when you do that as a parent, I guarantee you that you will notice the behaviors of your child or your children will change. You will notice it. There will be these weird moments where suddenly your son does something and you go, oh my God, a child with ADHD would never do that. But he just did that. And at the beginning, it's sporadic, and it's not enough, and you'll want to judge it like, well, that was just once a week, and it should be every day. But then we go in with acknowledgement. We, we honor our children for the unique beings they are. We acknowledge them for when they do well, when they do something that supposedly they can't do because they have this thing called ADHD. We acknowledge them for it, and they do more of that. And I know a lot of ADHD coaches always talk about positive praise. And yes, I totally agree. But not as a strategy, not as a tool in your tool belt of the clever mom trying to manage ADHD. No, but as a lifestyle. Not like, oh, you should acknowledge the kid with ADHD a lot because they need it more. The other one doesn't need it. No, as a lifestyle. If we were more grateful and if we acknowledge people for the things they do in life that are truly good and empathetic, you know, with empathy, right? And, and, and that, that are, they're struggling with, but they're trying hard and they have these results. We can find that with any, any human being, any child. We can, we can acknowledge. And then also the parents acknowledging each other and so forth. I'm rambling, but I just wanted to make the point that the true work for a parent with a child that, that has been diagnosed, singled out, diagnosed, labeled with ADHD, the true, the real work and the hardest fucking work you'll ever do but the best results you'll ever get, the most love, the most connection, the most intimacy, the most fun comes from you, the parent or the parents, rolling up your sleeves and really flipping your environment upside down to look for what I call these um, triggers, right? That cause the disharmony between the environment, and your child. If you do that, then you will have stopped defending ADHD because the people that defend ADHD are not willing to go there. And look, I don't blame them. I wasn't willing at the beginning to go there either. I thought I was going there and it was a good idea. It wasn't until about six months ago that I really got to feel really got to see and experience in my own life, what Heal Your Own Shit, step two from our upcoming book, what that actually looks like on the court of life. Number one is shift your perspective, which what this podcast is about. Number two is Heal Your Shit, which the book deals with mostly. And number three is what you're going to do and experience in your own life with your children, and that is honoring your child. And in the book, we talk a, a great deal about what does that mean? Honoring the uniqueness of your child, right? What does that mean? Instead of, sh- instead of molding them into who you think they should be, allowing them to unfold and become who they truly are. And that's step three, honoring your child. So again, I just want to sum this up as simply as, as I can. When we defend ADHD as an existing disorder, as a handicap, as the thing that doesn't allow me to be a a, a full human being, when we defend that, when we join that system, that DSM Bible, you know, disorder label system called ADHD, when we defend that, all we're saying is, I'm not willing to go any deeper. The debate's over, it's a disorder, and there's nothing you can do. You just have it. That's defending ADHD. That's also at the same time, and you've heard me say this, there's a whole episode on coping versus hoping. That is called coping. But on the other side, when we say, you know what? I don't need to defend ADHD. I don't have ADHD. My son doesn't have ADHD. All it is is he has some behaviors right now that make him struggle, right? struggle in his environment, and uh, we're going to support him. We're going to dig deep in the family, in all areas. We're going to support my son or my daughter to thrive. We're going to reshuffle that environment, all of the items, all of the areas in our environment. We're going to just transform it, see what happens. And yes, it's going to take time. I mean, we're on year seven and there's results, massive results. Our son's no longer impulsive and he's definitely no longer hyperactive. But he was, back then, six, seven years ago, said that he would be that and have that for the rest of his life. Well, that's not true. In our case, it's not. That's why we say ADHD is over if we want it, right? For our family, it's over. We're not defending it anymore. It's not like, oh, no, you don't know. My son has ADHD and we're struggling and you have no idea and we're so stressed as parents because my son is ADHD and you don't know what that feels like. And Victim. Look, I get it. But it's not empowering. Who wants to be a victim? Well, you have no idea. Da, da, da. I get it. But do you want to be a victim or do you want to be powerful? Do we want to be dependent or do we want to be independent? Well, the independency comes from no longer defending ADHD, but owning the power we have to transform our families and to create better lives for our kids. Who's in? If you're in and you like this, please share it with a friend, a family that needs to hear this or wants to hear this, or you think they should hear it. And thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for your attention that you've given. So graciously, I appreciate that. And, uh, if you have any more questions, go to www.adhdsover.com. Write me, write us, my family. We'd love to answer questions. We're not a, a company. We're just a family with, with a movement. And if you have any suggestions for a website, I mean, a, website, a podcast guest or a topic, write us or any questions, just contact us. Um, if you're interested uh, in in the book, we're also going to release a uh, ADHD survival kit, free download soon, uh, hopefully in the next three months. And then our book should be out in 2022, uh, hopefully followed by the documentary, also late 2022. And so uh, just look out for it or write us an email that you're interested and we'll hook it up. Anyway, have an amazing life. Have an amazing day. And come back again soon. Until then.